Welcome to the Nonprofit Growth Show, presented by Nonprofit Megaphone, the podcast where we highlight nonprofit leaders in the trenches who share the strategies and tactics they use to grow their organizations and make a difference each day. As we like to say, if you want to be discouraged by a general sense of decay, read the news. But if you want to be inspired by concrete stories of growth, talk to a nonprofit. Here's to the modern day superheroes, the nonprofit leaders. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Kimberly Ritchie. She is the Director of Development at Marion Medical Mission. Kimberly, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Well, thanks for having me, Grant. I'm excited to chat. Likewise. And as has become our custom here, we are going to dive right into the heart of a exciting or dramatic or suspenseful moment in your development career. I would love to hear uh, a story along those lines and what happened. So I'm about three years into my development career now. I'm still fairly new at this. But when I was my first year with Marion Medical Mission, I my first real campaign that was my own, I had done the holiday campaign and kind of just followed along with what they'd done in the past. But this was my first one. It was June of 2017. And uh, I wanted to do, we called it 75 and 75. We build wells in Africa and we were 75 days away from the beginning of well season. So I said, let's raise the money for 75 wells over 75 hours, which is basically this long weekend. And and that's $30,000 is what we need to do in a weekend. And that's what everybody said. You can't do that. That's ridiculous. Well, I had lined up. We had some matching funds, which we had never used before. We had a little bit of pent up demand because we really hadn't done a strong appeal recently. And I think there was, was, the conditions were all perfect. It wasn't that I did anything so great. I don't want to, it wasn't all about me. But as this came together, everybody was, oh, this isn't going to work. And and I, they kind of even were like, well, I guess we'll have to find some more matching funds to make up the difference when you don't do what you think you're going to do. And, you know, they were all kind of making contingency plans. And then, so I had everything ready to go and it was emails, it was social media, it was a mail, you know, UPS kind of stuff. And the week before it's supposed to launch, my dad, who was in hospice, went into his final stages. And I thought, oh, heavens, <laughs> there's just no way this is going to work. And honestly, then I kind of forgot about it. I had gotten all the pieces in place. Everything was scheduled. And so I just took off and spent time with my dad. And he passed the morning that it started, about 4.30 in the morning. By that afternoon, our um, director of operations was texting me and said, hey, have you looked at our donations page? And I said, no. Before the weekend was over, we raised over $100,000 instead of the 30000 that I was hoping for. And again, it wasn't that I did anything that great. It was just setting a big goal, getting everything lined up and having the multifaceted approach. And then I really feel kind of like God knew I needed something good that weekend. <laughs> but it was a really exciting time. And for me, it was sort of a confirmation that, you know, maybe you do know what you're doing here. This is going to be okay. <laughs> you're going to do well with this position. And so I, I love to be able to look back that certainly not every experience has been that successful, but that one was a really nice confirmation and kind of a little pat on the back from above that things were going the way they were supposed to go. I love it. That is such a cool story and such a dramatic sort of, oh my gosh, how did this even happen? Exactly. Um, <laughs> That is so fascinating. I would love to hear a little bit more about you and your background. So you mentioned that you're a little bit newer to the development world. I am. What was the journey like that brought you to where you are today? So my degree in the old days, I was an education major and I taught high school English for 16 years. And I loved most of that, but I was just getting tired and my children were needing more of my attention and I wanted to have more 
availability. So I ended up leaving teaching to work a Mary Kay cosmetics business for 15 years full time and drove the pink car and lots of freebies and that sort of thing. And, and it was wonderful while the kids were little. And then just as my youngest was getting ready to graduate from high school, it started, I was hitting a brick wall, nothing was working and I couldn't figure out why. And meanwhile, back in Marion, Illinois, my friend and the founder of Marion Medical Mission, he was um, sent an email out one night and said that he needed to hire some staff for marketing. And it required living in Africa for three months. It required relocating to Southern Illinois where he is. And, and I thought, well, there's no way I would do any of that. But what a great job for someone. Who do I know that this would be good for? And I went to bed. It was right before bed. So I went on to bed and all night long, I just kept waking up thinking, you, 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 and mm. God just wouldn't leave me alone. And I thought, but, 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 but I have a business, but, 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 but I'm not trained for that. And by the next morning, I brought it up to my husband thinking he was going to talk me out of this real quick. And he says, well, you got to get a resume together. That's perfect. You'd be great for this job. Wow. <laughs> so I ended up as I went through conversations with Tom and discussed it, we just, we realized that I had an awful lot of connections here in the St. Louis region and it would be silly not to utilize where I already am. So I don't, didn't have to relocate. I work from home now remotely. And what I find is that my education career kind of taught me how to do public speaking and to share ideas with other people. And mm. then my time with Mary Kay, they're an amazing company at teaching you how to market both yourself and a product, which is very similar really to what we do in the nonprofit world. We market our mission to people. We, we have to build a personal relationship, so we have to get them to like us. And then we share our mission. And hopefully the mission is always going to be strong enough that that will bring the donations in. And so while I've certainly had some learning experiences in, in switching from a for-profit to a not-for-profit kind of business, and I use air quotes around that, but a lot of the same things have translated, and I feel like it's been a very good transition, and I'm really loving what I do. I love to wake up in the morning and truly believe that I'm making the world a little bit better place. Just a tiny bit, but still, every little bit makes a difference. Absolutely. And I was wondering, on that note, is there a story you could share um, with us about work that Marion Medical Mission is doing? If there's, I'm wondering if there's a story that sort of crystallizes for you the impact and, and sums all up what you guys are trying to accomplish? I mean, we have brought clean water to almost four and a half million people. So there are truly four and a half million stories. Wow. But when I spent three weeks in Zambia in 2017, I had the privilege to build uh, or install 85 wells with my partner and with the villages. And it was, there's just so many stories, but probably one of my very favorites. We were it was late in the three weeks that we were there and I was tired and I was kind of homesick and I was, I was already thinking five more sleeps and I get to go back home. It was a great experience, but I was tired, but we went to this village and it was just hot, hot, hot. The sun was beating down on us and there weren't a whole lot of people that showed up for this one. You know, sometimes you come to a village and there's thousand people and sometimes there's market day or a funeral. And so a lot of them are gone. And this one was not a huge village. So it would have been really easy to feel a little, down that it wasn't as exciting as some of the other experiences. But this one, there was something about it. You could feel the the, the love of the people that we were serving. And and this these two little ladies, they call them go-go's, which is like a grandmother. So little old ladies, they came over and they each had a little bundle. And it was newborn twins. Two little girls. They were absolutely precious. And my partner and I both got to hold one and, you know, everybody loves to hold a newborn and that was so fun. But as I handed my baby back to her go-go, 
she called our field officer over and had him translate, thank you to Marion Medical Mission. Now we don't have to wonder which of our babies will grow up. Oh, Yeah. I mean, every parent, every grandparent, I think every human can can agree this should not happen. We, it, there are a lot of things we can't control in this world that that happen. Bad things are always going to happen, but deaths from waterborne disease are completely preventable. We know what to do. We just have to make it a priority. If eighteen hundred people a day, eighteen hundred children a day, are dying from waterborne disease, eighteen hundred worldwide. If that were happening in America, in any of the Americas, we would make it stop. But it's easy for us to forget some of the third world countries because they're so far away and they don't look like us and they don't live like us and they don't have any resources that we really want. And it's just, it's really unfair. And so it's very important to me that that we raise awareness of how serious the water crisis is and how blessed we are in the U.S. that we can just walk to the kitchen or to the bathroom and have clean water anytime we want it. Absolutely. I really appreciate you sharing that story. Um, <laughs> most notably because now I'm tearing up, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I appreciate you sharing a, because of, of the valuable message that is in there. And also, um, it's such a cool question for me to ask because I feel like every time I ask that question and I hear a story, I love how you relate it. I feel like that was listening to you tell that story was like a graduate level course and <laughs> in, 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 in being a development person right there. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, on the tactical side or on the strategic side, is there um, a strategy or a tactic that you've found to be particularly helpful in your development work that other people might benefit from? You know, I probably have used the same general tactics throughout my entire professional career, I always try to look at what's working for someone else and see what can I learn from that? What can I replicate? Doesn't this, I'm not suggesting that we necessarily take it as a cookie cutter approach. If this works with ABC organization, it'll work with us because we always have to go back to that golden rule is how would I like to be treated? And so sometimes what other people are doing does not fit with my personality and what makes sense to me. But in teaching, I watched other teachers who were doing a good job and I would try to take some of theirs. And so when I started with Marion Medical Mission, one of the first challenges we had, I wanted a better way to interact with our new donors. I felt like we were losing too many of them. So I took $10 and gave it to five different organizations that are in a similar line of nonprofits as us, other water charities. And I looked at what did they do for me? Here I am a new donor. So what did you do? And, And some of them I thought, did a great job. And some of them I thought, no, they're contacting me way too often. I don't like this. And it makes me want to unsubscribe immediately. So even though that the one that did that is a very successful, very well-known organization, it didn't fit me and I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I didn't take, I still used some of their stylistic things that I liked and maybe designed some pieces that were similar in style, but I didn't contact as often as they did. But then I have to say Charity Water does a phenomenal job with their marketing and their communications. And so I have uh, followed them very carefully and I, I, I'm constantly looking to see what they're doing because I admire their marketing tremendously. So I, we don't have to recreate the wheel. If something is already working and it makes sense, of course, I don't, I'm an English teacher. I don't suggest you plagiarize such. It has to be your own passion, but you can learn so much from what other people are doing that it's crazy for us to try to start from scratch every time. Certainly. Where do most new donors come from for you guys? Is it people finding you online, coming to events, hearing from a friend? It's 
We've been a very grassroots organization from the beginning. Uh, Tom founded Marion Medical Mission in 1985, and he went to various churches and he would give a presentation about what's going on in Africa and people would write checks. And then they would tell people and they would send us checks or invite us to their church. And until three years ago, it was completely volunteers when they they had a, a staff person in the office and that was it. And so then when they hired me to start actually doing official marketing, now I do a lot of those sort of presentations. So we do have a lot of people that it was just a word of mouth sort of thing. The volunteers who go to Africa are from all over the country. When they come home, they also do presentations and share what we're doing. So we have these pockets around the country. There's a lot of people in a certain area because a volunteer is from there. We have just recently started doing more with social media. We are doing some paid digital advertising. We're ending our first year this month with that. And so we're just starting to branch out. But we have never really had the nationwide attention. We've never done a big ad campaign and spent a lot of money. 100% of the donors' donations go directly to the project. So unless they give to overhead, we don't have overhead. (laughs) So it's always been very, very small on the backside. Fascinating. Um, that is so cool. And I love the sort of grassroots, you know, up from up from the people approach that you guys take. Um, we can now jump into a particularly fun part of the discussion, which is the pro-con game, where we choose a topic and have a friendly little mock sparring session over it. And okay. the topic that we've selected is the role of technology versus face-to-face interaction in developing a donor. And so really, um, should people be focusing more on the technology? Is the opportunity more so there or is the opportunity more in face-to-face? Which side would you like to take? I'm probably going to be kind of wishy-washy because I think both sides are real important. (laughs) But I would take the pro-technology because I think that's something that I have brought to Marion Medical Mission. We have dramatically expanded our technology and uh, how we have interacted with donors in an electronic world much more so than they were doing before I joined them. So I'll take the pro side, I suppose. Perfect. Okay, sounds great. So why don't you make an opening statement about the many and varied virtues of technology, and then I'll attempt to tear those down and promote face-to-face, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, so I I always say that done is better than perfect. And I I wish in a perfect world that we could pick up the phone or just go have coffee and thank donors personally. That would be so phenomenal. And gosh, it would be it would be so effective. However, in the real world, every development director wears a thousand hats and has way too many things on his or her plate. And so we have to find ways, how can we try to hit the masses? People are on electronics, love them or hate them. We all spend way too much time on our phone, way too much time in front of the computer. So if that's where they're sitting, that's where I think we have to meet them and not necessarily work in that ideal world because they're not all out there where you can pick up the phone and call them one at a time. And even if I called them, they probably don't all want to talk to me one at a time either (laughs) because they're busy, much like I am. So the technology allows me to get a broader reach and probably a more frequent touch to my donors. Very fair. Okay, I'll see what I can do against that. Um, (laughs) Wouldn't you agree that even if we look at your own organization, which has been incredibly Mm -hmm. successful, it sounds like, has its roots in in in-person presentations being made to groups of people Mm -hmm. in churches or in other gatherings. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't that foundational face-to-face relational component, doesn't it 
um, constitute a necessary setting of the stage before people can engage with you technologically. Maybe once they've heard you speak and they know who you are, they've seen some of the stories. Now, okay, let's communicate through social media and so forth. But until you have that face-to-face, how how is a donor to know the difference between you guys and maybe other charities doing similar things or other other worthy causes? How do you address Fair that? Fair question. And I, I do at a presentation, I always encourage them to go visit our website or visit our social media page and sign up so we can continue the conversation. But I think that that's kind of a funnel and it can start at any place. I also, I have seen people who see a digital ad when they're out because we can target that so very specifically that I want people who have these demographics, who are interested in these issues, who come from this background, who are in this zip code, who have this income level. So they can see an ad about Marion Medical Mission. They can click on our link. They can join our Facebook conversations and then I can invite them personally to an event. So it can go either direction. It can either be the follow-up to a great face-to-face experience or technology can draw them in so that later I can have a face-to-face experience with them. Very fair. And I think I have to go back to your original point that there are certainly arenas that both make sense. Mm-hmm. in. so thank you for mm-hmm. that. That was very fun and <laughs> uh, beautiful, beautiful defense of the value of technology, which I, <laughs> for the record, definitely agree with. Um since we're here on a podcast, which would be a great example of how technology helps us in our businesses, right? right. Yeah. So it's sort of like, oh, uh, guilt by association. Um, <laughs> no, you got me there. We can jump into some rapid fire questions. How would you describe okay. yourself, Kimberly, if you could only use one word? What would you say and why? You really can't ask an English teacher to only <laughs> use one word, but I'm going to try. And I would say driven. And that's both a good and a pro and a con since we're in that language right now. I am driven. It makes me set big goals like I did with the 75 and 75 campaign that we were talking about. It also can make me impatient, both with myself and with others. When everybody knows when we work with volunteers, we cannot, we have, it's, it's, you can't shoot them. You can't fire them. (laughs) It's a volunteer army. So you have to be patient with them and you have to often work at their time and their pace. So it challenges me sometimes when I'm so driven and maybe everybody else around me sees that as a little too much. Calm down, Kimberly, calm down. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's great. Is there an exciting shift that you're seeing taking place in the nonprofit world today that you think is really positive? You know, I think the technology is a big part of what I see as positive. I also see collaborations, and that's something I'm really interested in. There's so many collaborations going on between the business world and the nonprofit world. There's a lot of times I think we tend to sit around and wait for somebody else to do this, and we look for where can we find the next big donor. But I'm starting to see so many businesses and restaurants and huge corporations even that are partnering with nonprofits. Some of them do it better than others, but all the way around, it's raising millions, if not billions of dollars to make the world a better place. And that's what we're all here for. And if we can kind of start to blur that line between business and nonprofit, we can get a lot more done. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Are there people or organizations that have been particularly helpful or inspiring to you in your development of becoming more and more skilled in this development work? So many that I I couldn't even name them all. And I'm really bad about checking a website or listening to a (laughs) webinar and forgetting who did it. But every week I read Joe Waters' um, 
newsletter and listen to some of his podcasts. He's with a group called Selfish Giving, and he's all about the business partnerships and sponsorships and how we can team up. And he's incredibly responsive. When he sends me an email and there's a broken link, I send him you know, respond back to it. And literally in 30 seconds, I have a response back. It's just really cool. And I enjoy his work a whole lot because it's different from what everybody else has been doing that I see. Okay. I'm going to have to look him up. That is really, really cool. Joe Waters Um, of Selfish Giving. Okay. Joe Waters. Perfect. Um, Is there something that you understand now that you didn't appreciate as much five or 10 years ago? I think as I'm having more birthdays that I'm realizing that everything, whether it's a work goal or a family goal or whatever, that it's a marathon, not a race. It's not a sprint. Hmm. I, that driven, goal-oriented personality, I want to get it done. I want to get it done right now. And when we're talking about 650 million people in the world who drink dirty water, that's not going to happen this week. <laughs> it's not hmm. going to be fixed immediately. And it would be really easy for me to get very depressed and, and frustrated because sometimes it seems like the problem in front of you is so huge when really if I can just leave that alone for a minute, a lot of times those problems take care of themselves anyway. It, it pace myself it, and it's okay to say, okay, this one was a learning experience. It wasn't a great success, but how am I going to do the next one? And, and a little bit more tolerance for myself and for others probably. That is a great perspective. I really appreciate it. And I struggle with it daily. That. I struggle yeah. with it all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, me too. Um, thank you so much, Kimberly, for taking the time to spend with us. I really appreciate it. And I love I love the stories. I love the tactics. I love the philosophy behind it. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you or if they want to learn more about the organization? So the organization is a lot more interesting than I am. And they will find Marion Medical Mission at mmmwater.org or on facebook.com slash Marion Medical Mission, all one word. And that's where we have lots, lots of stuff about our way in Africa and the just great story after story after story. And then you can find me on LinkedIn or also on Facebook. On Facebook, you're going to have to see a lot of stuff about the Cardinals and family and that sort of thing. I don't have a whole lot of professional stuff on there, but LinkedIn, I'm a little more professional, but it's just in a Kimberly <laughs> Ritchie. And just make sure you spell it R-I-C-H-E-Y. People misspell the last name all the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Grant. It's been a good time. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Growth Show, presented by Nonprofit Megaphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or giving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast network. We appreciate your support. Until next time.